Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. Here I'm joined by an interesting soul for snacks and sometimes full-blown banquets. We share conversation and confessions, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello, lovely faces. I think what we've got here might be the most depressing and important hoovering I've done in some time. And it's really fun and funny and delicious. I'm joined by brilliant environmental journalist and author of Avocado Anxiety, a former guest returning years later. It's Louise Gray. If you give even the faintest of solitary fucks about the planet, or if you care even the tiniest amount about eating in a way that mitigates, um, well, the increasingly terrifying climate crisis, then this is the episode for you. First up, I'd like to thank you if you came to see me hoover live with Joe Lysett at the Roundhouse Comedy Festival. What an absolute beaut. I've got other national treasures in the diary to hoover with soon as well, you lucky bisms. Right, want to know how to get discount tickets to live shows like that one with Joe Lysett, and indeed early and ad-free editions of every single episode well you can become my patron patreon is the only reason this podcast can exist and we're in need of growing it so i've really spiced up what my patrons get in exchange for as little as two quid a month all sorts including tons of exclusive content if you've got anything at all going spare on the money front then have a peep it's patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod haven't got any spare wedge that is also fine just make sure you've given us a big slutty five star review wherever you get your podcasts from and maybe tell one other bastard about the hoovering podcast this week or do an instagram post or a tweet about it thank you thank you so let's get into this incredible episode louise is so lovely and fun and engaging and her latest book blew my socks off as you'll hear it's an honor to talk to someone with so much really current expertise on the environmental impact of our food systems and how we eat who is also full of so many sort of positive, applied, practical and affordable solutions to the current problems. This isn't a doom and gloom episode by any means. You're just in for a treat, basically. Louise is based in Scotland, but I was lucky enough to catch her during a trip to London and she brought some lunch round to my garden on so many levels. Lucky me. Should we just tuck in? Yes. Thank you for bringing the... Thank you for bringing... Well, I'll let you say what it is. I've be, bought some fava bean hummus, mm. um, which we have souped up a bit with melted butter and pistachio nuts. Oh, not just any <laughs> melted butter. You've, done, you've made it, what, biscuity? Yes. You've got I don't to know melt what it's it till called. it's gone it's, biscuity. Yeah, till it's gone a bit brown. And then... Is it um, called a beurre bur noisette? Oh, I don't know. Uh, isn't that where you but, make it go nutty? But that might be a le- I feel like that's maybe a level up from biscuits. I don't biscuity. know, but I got the recipe from Jenny Chandler, who's an okay. excellent... Well, it's her recipe with chickpea hummus, I think. Okay. But she writes about pulses, and she recommended it to me. And she describes, she's like, cook the butter till 
it has foxy brown bits in it. Oh, foxy brown! And it smells biscuity. But oh. I couldn't see in your kitchen what was foxy brown. No, I've brown, got a very so dark I, kitchen, so we're so going to have just, to have somewhere between nutty and foxy. And then Icovado spread, which is broad beans and just a little bit of peas to sweeten it. Oh. And that's a kind of uber hipster alternative to avocado to on avocado toast. On toast. <laughs> and it, I mean, you could argue it's more eco because it can be locally sourced. But, yeah. you know, we can discuss that. We can you know, get into that. that could, I don't know. Because it's Who knows? the theme of your latest y- yes. book, which I've yes. really loved. I've just sort of done the best hosting I've ever done. I've just been sorting myself out food-wise yes. while you spoke there. And your you. turn. And, <laughs> and some bread. I've really yes. made sure that I'm okay. Yeah. Um, I've Yum. contributed relatively Ooh, little olives in the bread. I've bought some bread from Yum. my local deli called Found Hope, which is so nice. And I think someone called Paul makes the bread, and it's my favourite bread, their Ooh. bread. This one's like a seeded porridge sourdough. Yum. I know. Doesn't get more <laughs> hipstery than that. Yeah. And then um, a sourdough baguette full of massive olives. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> Thank um, you. Which does feel like actually perfect for these things to flop these things, plop these, yeah. pop these things on, spread these things on, eat yeah. these things with. Yes. And I've put a few tomatoes in and also just was I need eating some enormous halves of beetroot. Don't know if that interests you. <laughs> Always. I but what I love about the, the um, broad Icovado, it sounds a silly thing, but um, is it actually does look like yeah. avocado and toast, doesn't it? Does. it? And you do sort of have... Um, and, and if you enjoy avocado and toast, it does please you to eat something totally that, that looks like that snack in fact oh even totally gr- you do a lot of eating with our eyes and and it's actually greener and fresher and mm. yeah should be yummy mm. 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 oh my gosh <laughs> well i've gone straight in for the buttery fava bean hummus mm. oh i love it mm. it's really nice because it's a bit more um sort of creamy and beany the normal hummus yeah. so butter is really good oh my god and I that's find it lovely. doesn't really work with like carrots and cucumber like no. other hummus oh that you need to dip it in cause, yeah right. but it works really well with bread bread I think well I mean yeah love and excuse dogs to muck can, about with carrots yeah. and cucumber when you could have bread uh, I had no idea before reading your book that the be- these beans that we can grow here fava beans fava yeah, beans yeah, yeah. they like give back to the soil, nitrogen. Yeah, so um, fava beans or broad beans are the same. Um, are they? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, I think they're. I think they, they they can be like treated differently, but okay. But they're essentially they're essentially <laughs> one the of them's same. got a bit more privilege than the other. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, some of them are more likely to get into a Russell Group think, University. Yeah, yeah. They might. <laughs> yes, I think they might be slightly different varieties. Oh, very different varieties. Yeah, 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 yeah. But basically, we've been eating them in Britain mm. forever. You know, they're really. Mm. Um, and we used to eat a lot more beans, like peas porridge and stuff like that, mm. in this country. But then when refrigeration came along, it became much cheaper to eat meat. And gruel or beans became less fashionable. Right. So we stopped eating them. But they're really good for us, mm. you know, because protein yeah. and fibre and all the rest of it. But they're also good for the environment because they're a legume. And legumes, instead of... They take, um, they fix nitrogen in the soil, so they have nodules on their roots, and they basically take nitrogen from the air and fix it in their roots in the soil. So they don't need nitrogen fertilizer; they don't need to get it from the from the soil. They can get it from the air. So that means farmers don't need to put nitrogen fertilizer on that crop. So if you use it as a break crop, yeah. It will, and a break crop means something you plant in between crops, of, yeah. for example, potatoes or carrots or whatever I else you've grown. That we're on yeah. a comedy slash eating podcast. We're talking about nitrogen and yes. agriculture. Uh, yes, yes. I, I made because one joke so about universities, so it still counts as comedy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're yeah, listening, thinking like, this sounds serious. Yeah. But buckle in. There'll I'm, be a joke every twenty minutes. Absolute mm. promise. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's really exciting. Yeah. Most people are like, oh my god, but it is nitrogen. Comedy schmumedy. We're just two passionate women talking yeah. about eating. nitrogen cycles carbon cycles water cycles i get really into them in the book anyway Mm -hmm. yeah they can use them as a a break crop and it means they're using less nitrogen fertilizer but what i love about it is you if you want to visualize it is you know driving through the countryside and you'd see like um a field of oilseed rape Mm. in the future you might see some different colors in there because they don't even need to put strips of 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 the legumes they could put you know fava bean crops sprinkled in right and then you know it still reduces the need for nitrogen fertilizer Mm. and then you have another crop because the combine harvester can tell the difference so it's a really good example of you know how diversity in a crop can be good for the environment and good for our health as well 
big time. Yeah. And it comes down, doesn't it, to... I learnt this from your book. It's like, I feel so grateful to have learnt this from your book. We popularise things and that kind of... It's just part of human nature that things come in and out of fashion a little Absolutely, bit. Absolutely, yeah. But we... I think in terms of... If people who want to eat in a way that if you care about the environment... And there are so many people who desperately do, you know, within the boundaries of what they could do without getting anxious or stressed out and or what they can afford. I think that's like the vast majority of people, certainly that I talk to anyway on the podcast and in yes. my life, want to do this. I think don't necessarily know. And actually, you just get... Because if something's fashionable, it suddenly becomes readily available. The one type of beans that we all have all the time is Heinz baked beans. Like yeah. That one type yeah, of beans. Yeah, yeah. We all think... If you think of beans, you think of that. Yeah. But actually, they are actually readily available and cheaply so many beans yeah yeah if you look it's beautiful if you look at Hobbardod's website they've got loads yeah this of company sounds yeah. like they did you say they're they had a, like a mega boost in the lockdown yes they've they sold they completely um sold out during the lockdown wow lockdown because because store cupboard staple to fill your cupboard full of dried pulses yeah <laughs> the cat's coming in for some fava bean hummus that's how good it is yeah, but basically popularized it with cats yeah yeah but it's interesting it's like so talking, delicious i think as well sometimes people think this is going to be like some whole foodie excuse yeah, for the real thing yeah. I'm having a culinarily fucking sexy time <laughs> like it's so yummy I'm not I'm lacking for anything Yeah, I yeah. don't think that I can and happily swap these things for those things or go one in five times I'll have avocados then yeah yeah which is the idea and I think um, so first thing just on beef you can get a bit go a bit crazy about beans like to the extent you know they send them into war zones Whoa. because they're, when they're, they're dried, they don't, they don't go off. You can feed a lot of people. The UN has, like, a, has a, a, a pulse's day, you know. They're, wow. like, they're trying, like... The day of the pulse. Yeah, globally, there is a drive to bring Trust more pulses into our lives, for the environment, really? for right. development. So when you get into pulses, you find yourself... Mm. Like, you, you do think, am I going mad? You're like, God, pulses could save the world! That is amazing. <laughs> but you, you, don't get many, you don't get many moments like that as an environmental journalist. Like, you can... Really? Well, as in... That, that like, black and white, this well, is Well, no, it can get a bit depressing, yeah. you know? That's really why I'm in food, yeah, yeah, because yeah. what other options do you have to... to not even change, but to kind of try and be better? Yeah. You know, and food is a really good one. It can... And even with food, like... It's very hard to be perfect. Yeah. You see what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so when you have a story which is Well impossible. Which makes it yeah, exactly. Well of <laughs> yeah. course, yeah. But when you have something that can help that is cheap and yummy and good for the environment. Yeah. You jump on it because well, it's one of the many great. things that I loved about the book <laughs> is it's like packed of it's pa- it's packed with I mean, let's face it, like quite depressing thorough facts in terms of like what the impact of <laughs> feeding all the people on the planet is yeah. and increasingly is going to be like as yeah. that population grows but I didn't come away from it sad or anxious you sort oh, of apologise so for that at the end of the, at the, end of the yeah. book and actually I felt nothing but empowered you oh, give really so clear ways without people having to spend a load of money even to be able to afford bougie veg boxes and all of that stuff there are it's full of really good practical ways to yeah. change a few habits here and there and at no point did I come away thinking well I can't do all of that there are loads of tiny things to do and they'll all add up that's great because that's what it's about that avocado yeah. anxiety that we yeah. all feel to try and like um, make feel people better about it because I've written about this about how anxiety mm. just makes you treat your body badly with food yes. you know I've written yeah, about yeah, bulimia yeah. but then you know even like other eating disorders or just being miserable yeah <laughs> It doesn't work, does it? People. Well, it doesn't lead you to go like, oh, you yeah. know, I'm going to take real, real care and spend time cooking yeah. and, and see how what I eat makes me feel. And yeah. All of that, all, all and of humans that hard, are so, hard stuff. And it's so interesting to me that humans are so, we're so greedy. You know, lots of people, yeah. like writers, Jonathan Safran Foer has admitted, he wrote a really great book called Eating Animals. It's amazing about being vegan. But then yeah. he has acknowledged that he was never completely vegan because mm. he'd have he'd break down somewhere yeah, and, yeah, that's, yeah. and it's not criticism of him it's no, just no. like it's like absolutism you, doesn't work for almost no. all people and if you're going to be a writer yeah. mm. you have to be truthful to be any good so well, you know like you've got to work with human nature Jay Rayner's has a book called um, Greedy Man in a Hungry World I think yes, that's a really great title yes, yes. <laughs> yes. and it's a really good book it is um, a good book it is a good book um, it's, he does a great description of his own thighs does which he? I've I enjoyed that. Yeah. I love it he's funny and what I loved about it is so few men 
do that and mm. they're increasingly doing it you know seeing it in yeah. Ravenous a book by Henry Dimbleby yes I in need to so many books right now yeah and women did it earlier yeah. because there's more pressure on them. But even now, men writing books about food talk mm. about their own body image, mm-hmm. which I think is a very welcome thing. It is a very welcome thing. Although, also apparently, like disordered eating is like massively on the rise in straight white men, like in of ridiculous it would numbers. Be. Look at what but, their, their role models are. I know, right but, but part of me now is like, fuck, that's not the equality we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want, we can't all be sad and obsessed with our bodies. Like, that's not what I, want. I wanted. I wanted us to have the freedom of men that, that don't spend their adolescence at least stressing over the consequences yeah. of everything they consume. Actually, like, it's, it's, I think, well, I think it's where your book toes the line so beautifully. It's like, it wouldn't exist if you weren't concerned about the impact of how you eat or the, how he, humans eat affects our planet and the future of our planet. But there is only so much you can hand over in terms of your daily thoughts and feelings on the topic. It's so easy to become obsessed and stressed about what you're eating, whether it's about the planet, whether it's about your body, whether it's about weight, whether it's about fitness, health. Yeah. There's a million different ways to get... um, And then eating becomes a way of dealing with the stress. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then makes the stress worse and the whole thing... Um, so I think it's really interesting how they're connected, and 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 so a few people would talk about that, about yeah. like, well, food and environment is connected, but I've kind of like gone a bit further than that because as soon as I start writing about food, I start feeling all yeah. the emotions I yeah. feel about food, you know. So I've tried to bring that in as well. I love it, and I think you've Good. succeeded. Oh, great. Um, and I think, like, I've with I've got to tell you more about okay. beans. Yes, OK, Just one say last more thing. about beans. See, this is what happens with beans. But basically, <laughs> it's not just humans, it's animals. Like, GM soy right. is what's destroying the rainforests. A big problem with deforestation is, is growing is GM soy. And it's that soy that feeds animals. Exactly. That we're growing to eat. Yeah, and we could be feeding animals So every time, beans. like, someone who hates vegans says... But all the soy you're growing. Yeah, it's you go, yeah, that's to feed nonsense. the animals you're eating. Yeah, GM soy is feeding animals. I'm afraid vegans is a complete red herring. They're mm. eating nice organic soy that's not hurting anybody. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not sorry. Um, but well sorry, vegan. sorry, angry telegraph yeah. reader. Yes. That's not going to work. But basically, <laughs> um, what would work is if we fed more fava beans and things to animals yeah. in this country, you know, rather than. And that would do run. the job of GM soy. Yeah, yeah, in it's terms protein. of the animal yeah. nutrition, really. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. We Let's could just do, do it lot, then, shall a we? lot more. A lot more plant protein could be. Who fed do we lobby? Well, the Sustainable Food Trust or somebody did a report recently. Farmers, NFU. Right. Though I did a talk with Farmers Weekly, which I was really proud of because well done, my dad yeah. reads. Oh yes, yeah. of course you brought yes. up farming. But they did boo me because I said, "Whoa!" I said, um, <laughs> "Of course, you know, an avocado has a lower carbon footprint than beef," and they booing me but it was good for me it was good for Mm. me because my audience are usually like a woke audience going yes of course you know i'm you know terrible i feel feel absolutely not already preaching to the converted here yeah exactly and it made me realize a fact exactly but it made me realize how threatened the Mm -hmm. the farming world feels and these are people providing our food so it was quite good for me it was yeah 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 that um you know because we've got butter in this meal you know they like I mean, I'm just slapping and, it and on we, like a And pate. we like butter. <laughs> so, like doesn't cover it for no. me. I've double buttered. I've just buttered the bread that I'm dipping in my yeah, daiquiri yeah, fava beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know what I'm trying to say, except for I love farmers, mm-hmm. and I don't want to upset them. I want to bring everyone in no, on but the conversation. Also, it has become a little bit binary on that yes, front, I think. Yes. And there's like, you know, you've, you, they'll be reading a narrative that supports their bias, etc. We're all... It's very hard to move out of a world where you're not just confirming And your it's own used. Bias I'm and noticing it's you being used in the same way. Like I was reporting on climate change from 2008 when, for the Telegraph, mm-hmm. you know, when there was a lot of like reporting of uh, people questioning whether it exists, yes, which was yeah. a bit of a waste of everybody's time. Yeah. <laughs> we we, we I mean, we could have we could have been talking waste. about what we do, but yeah. anyway. I did report on that. And I feel like we're sort of doing the same at the moment. There's a lot of media stuff about, look at these terrible vegans trying to take away our burgers. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think that that's a bit of a waste of time. Why no. don't we just talk about how we can make the food system more sustainable? There's a lot of a binary dialogue yes, around, exactly. around food. But 
we are all greedy little humans. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. <laughs> and we're all just all greedy little humans trying to do our best. Yeah, yeah. Well, totally. What that leads to is the next thing I want to bring up, which was I've got a list of revelations I had from the book. And one revelations, of them, I love. Yeah, that's, um, that that's, I want to get into feels more. Feels good. What I hadn't done before the book is look at where food that I eat comes from in terms of the impact in a really holistic way. I mean, you get into in a lot of depth in the book, and it's so interesting how kind of one of the things that we've got a little bit that's got a bit zeitgeisty basically is to potentially demonize food that's come from far away and to prioritize mm, local mm, food mm, mm. and again that's also been given quite a lot of shade the other way because so many people aren't in a situation financially educationally physically <laughs> to do that you to like yeah. gr- they haven't got the time money energy to mm. set up their own garden allotment skills mm, i've mm, tried mm. growing veg in my garden and ended up stopping because it just wasn't I didn't have the time and the money to make the, to, the it just wasn't practical I did at the beginning of the book I was yeah. like in each chapter I will grow the vegetable and, and I would tell the story of my conversion to yeah. an earth mother yeah and then I realized I'm not an earth mother I'm just a very bad gardener it's really not that interesting <laughs> me killing things yeah but I did I do have it on one chapter about mental health because I did enjoy it but I just didn't I didn't eat that much of it it, it's (laughs) really it's lovely for people who have uh, that way inclined and can make that leap to go right I'm going to grow all my own plants to eat 99.99999% 99.99999% of people that is not going to happen for anymore that's not Do you necessarily know, I think it will happen solution. to us when we're older Jess yeah. oh, really? I just I feel like I'm not <sighs> ready I feel I'm too angry I'm and impatient and I gardening. feel and, and when I go to the allotment everyone's a bit more zen and older and I'm thinking I'll get there do you think it's it'll like be yoga. around the same time that we start being <laughs> able to do there. cryptic crosswords? Yes, exactly. And like not get angry in yoga. I like yoga, but, but sometimes. It make you angry. It, sometimes. That's, I love that. <laughs> That's sometimes great. I'm like, yeah. relax, Louise. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and, uh, I told you to relax. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, and I just sit there and think, it'll come, it'll come. Yeah. With the allotment. Yeah. And the cryptic like, like crossword. Old rage, yeah. Come. I am not there yet. I'm no. still doing much more angry sports because I'm yes. really owning the anger. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> what I loved about the holistic approach, which I hadn't been thinking about, was not only if, like, perhaps it's over- overly simplistic, I learned to say, well, we shouldn't have green beans from Kenya because that's far away, because actually, if you're looking at where food comes from holistically, you're looking at a lot more things than that, including the nutrition of the food the nu- compared to what other alternative local available things, the nutrition for the people who are growing it, the standards of labour and pay and quality yeah. of life for the people yeah. growing it. And then what I hadn't even considered, are there's so many ways where the carbon impact of a local version might sometimes be worse because it's come perhaps from somewhere closer in Europe but in a big diesel truck as opposed to coming in such huge quantities in the belly of a plane from someone who has had their life, community, family's life, whole area transformed economically by growing that crop in Africa that it's a game show there's so much more to it and it can be really short sighted to say well it's come from somewhere far away I shouldn't eat it when actually if it's possible to get access to the bigger picture it might still be the best thing to do for the planet or seasonally the statistics are really blunt if you're worried about green beans from Kenya it's like like fruit and vegetables flown in from Africa like 0.1 0.1 or 0.01 mm. I can't have to check the book mm. but it's a really tiny tiny Digi-tiny. proportion of your um, overall carbon footprint and you probably would generate more if you drove in a you know diesel car yeah. to the supermarket and then on the other hand sub-Saharan Africa makes millions of pounds from export horticulture and that's still a p- small proportion of the food so the food's not coming out away from hungry people yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just generating a lot of cash yeah which means farmers Great. farmers can develop and it's been run by you know as often in this job it's a little bit like we probably won't get into gm but often you're interviewing a gm scientist and someone who's spent their whole career developing plants to feed hungry people and you're thinking oh gm but who's a better person in this room yeah (laughs) and it's the same with um farm africa a really excellent charity and we give them money through the government through international development to help farmers in africa develop export horticulture so it was really hard reading writing that chapter because it's easier to have a conclusion at the end Mm -hmm. of the chapter and it was hard that one because food miles 
it's not a huge part of your carbon footprint. But if we're going for net zero yeah. and air freight is increasing, then we still have to look at it. You know? Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. I suppose it's, much of it is instinctive to me because it's mm. you know free market and yeah, world yeah, yeah. trade and. Do we really want Gosh. to limit ourselves? Yeah, but I, that I do say but at the end, though, I do say at the end, local and seasonal where you can, because yeah. I think it connects you to the environment. Yeah. And that was a really interesting thing. There's a, there's a, when Food Miles kicked off in the 90s, which was really well meant, and you can understand yes. why, people were walking to the supermarket and seeing green beans from Kenya and yeah, nothing from their local really farmers, and their local yeah. farmers are going out of business. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. And it led to things like the Fife Diet, where people are only eating within 100 miles. Mm-hmm. But those things, they did good work, but they didn't last that long. When yeah. they came to the end of it, what people really said they loved the most was the connection to the countryside, yeah. the connection to farmers, how they ate, the, how they enjoyed their food. Yes. So I kind of feel like the argument for locals should, you don't need to have cotton. Like, just no. do it because it feels good. Like, you yeah, talked yeah, yeah. about your local baker oh, already. No. Yeah, you can take... You and and Hodmer yeah, totally. is from Suffolk, where I grew up. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. peas and broad beet. It's like, it's a oh, good feeling. Oh, there is no... no but a squeeze I mean, I of lemon on it is bloody like, nice. Other than herbs. But even <laughs> then, I, I do think, fucking yum, yum. Like, mm. if I go, yeah, even if I manage to grow the mint in that, or yeah. the thyme in that, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's a, it just it feels great. And you can do those things on a window ledge. Yeah. 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 So, oh no, I hear you. Like, I bought some strawberries today because they, they were, well, I mean, they were bloody expensive, but because they said they're from down the road and they look <laughs> no. there, it's incredible colour. But, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does bring you joy. It does connect and, you to where And you I are, talk about though. that in the seasonality chapter, in the, um, and I love this about food. Like, it can really take you back, yes. you know, and that's such a beautiful thing, you know, and there's a lot of talk at the moment about fuel and food, mm-hmm. which will give us a perfect amount of nutrition in a, in a shake but I'd not, rather just be dead I'd rather, I'd rather I'd rather eat a really terrible yeah. cheese sandwich from the from the BP garage mm-hmm. every day it's more, more interesting oh so it's like, every day so it's about that we'll mm. get back to the beginning of our conversation like you can look at the statistics of food and say oh well food miles don't matter let's mm-hmm. just let's not worry about local and seasonal but then you live in a desert of food yeah. you're not growing any you're not having that connection so there are other reasons that it's important as well yeah. oh gosh totally mm. It's me interrupting myself, interrupting this magical episode with Louise to peruse, uh, well, it's one actually, but it's one mighty response from you to our listener question. It's uh, the gift that keeps on giving the listener question was, tell me about your holiday hoovering. It's the season, isn't it, for holidays? And I wanted to know anything interesting that um, you've eaten on a holiday. Now, oh my crumbs, this is this is a big deal. Um, but I mean, this is sort of on me. It's sort of on me to express to you what a big deal this is. This came into the podcast's WhatsApp 
from a listener called Sarah McCallum, and it's mainly it's it's mainly um, well it's pictures, and so I'm just going to have to react in a way that um, oh god, okay, so let's read what she's written. She wrote weirdest holiday food, but apparently it was good. In brackets, we were in Iceland. And my boyfriend insisted we go for dinner in a bus station, Ikea-style canteen. Canteen, I don't know I said canteen. That's because I can't contain my emotions over the pictures she's sending. And not in a, not in a good way. Um, an Ikea-style canteen for... Are you ready? Sheep's heads. Here are the photos, complete with content warning. Oh my god right i need to not be as squeamish as i am feeling looking at these because i think if you're going to eat meat you should eat all the meat but flip me it is uh, there is basically a sheep's head on a plate but next to two balls not testicles but one I think is of like swede and one is of mashed potato but they do you remember when you were at school and um your mash was dished up with an ice cream scoop. Did that happen at your school? That happened at my school and I'd forgotten that happened. But there's these two really clinical orbs of carb, like for children, next to the flayed head of an animal. And she sent one picture of it with all its, what is, what they're, with it, it, like all there, all the head there. And then one finished one, that's just the skeleton but that's not what you call it is it you call it a skull it almost looks like a beak oh god and then um then there is a picture of the boyfriend eating a bit of the head he's got his tongue out um but she's put an emoji over his face in case i found him on behalf of all sheep i'm afraid i cannot identify sarah mccullum's boyfriend and i cannot find him and i cannot avenge i cannot avenge you sheep i'm so sorry well Emotions aside, on an intellectual level, I'm going to say well done. I believe in eating all of the animal. On an emotional level, I um repulsed. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I could do it. I I'd have to be on the edge of death. I don't know if I could do that for fun. Um, you are a bigger warrior adventurer than me, Sarah and Sarah's partner, and you will survive much longer than me um, in any kind of apocalypse. Uh, so well done and thank you so much for sharing that was a really intense response that is that's the only one I'm going to do this episode I don't I think I need to lie down um it, please look on social media it's at the hoovering pod we're asking listener questions all the time we love it when you voice note us or whatsapp us or dm us your responses to the questions at the moment there's one flying around about things you've eaten on your birthday um yeah there we go i do not i don't want to know what sarah mccollum's boyfriend has on his birthday let's get back into this lovely episode next revelation <laughs> um it's quite biblical <laughs> yes yeah, sorry yeah, okay a game with a stone tablet we're moving through the revelations <laughs> one by one <laughs> start recording chanting i got this sense as well that perhaps and maybe this is to do with like again like not demonizing the gm scientist who's trying to feed lots of people but we also damn ourselves i think as humans by being obsessed with uniformity we Mm. want it we want familiarity and safety you know when they they study people when they go into supermarkets and we and they grab people on the outside and say do you care about food miles and And oh yeah yeah, yeah." and then they go in and they do everything on price and look and flavor and so supermarkets will people you'll always take the best stuff off the top so it does cause we kind of do it to ourselves but more so in this country other countries people are more used to apples and pears being different shapes and sizes and they seem to cope i think there's loads of tricks we could have we could play tricks and do um if you put things in the discount aisle Mm. then your people will take a one yeah 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 exactly just take and i think a lot of it a lot of it is is how it's just retailers being motivated by profits mm-hmm. you know like how they and i haven't made this book anti-supermarket because no. i shop at supermarkets and when i when i manage to decouple myself from them i'll tell you all how to do it but i can't uh. until i have well but this is it it isn't necessarily an option for the vast majority of people yeah to yeah not use supermarkets. 
it's we they're serving a purpose it's yeah. about getting them to do it in the best possible way so I had this amazing conversation with a communications organisation who um, specialise in talking to people with any sort of profile at all about how to talk about the climate crisis Ooh. in um, a positive and useful way in their work and I think it's one of the reasons I loved the book is because it was so hopeful and I came away feeling yeah. so empowered without being coy about the horror of the facts yeah <laughs> but it is possible to do yeah. more and actually like there have been I feel like quite a few instances where I mean there's loads more work to do but that actually one upside of supermarkets being financially motivated is they will listen to their customer base if their customer base are noisy enough yes and if you say I don't know I can't, I'm not going to buy coffee here if you don't get a fair trade one they've listened and they've got those things in or they've got more available stuff that's not in packaging like people are listening yeah it's about making them listen and act faster and harder and more yeah but, but it, it's not it's not like an immovable object like it feels like trying to persuade a government to do more i think actually in terms of how we get supermarkets to behave in better ways i definitely think so because um, i feel like i'm not saying it should be entirely consumer led or no. a lot of people like to call people not consumers but food citizens <laughs> because okay. it gives you more power and oh, it was one of the things I was like, like that. when I started writing the book I was like I'm not going to use the word sustainable <laughs> oh okay and then, then I did but I was like oh. ah. and then I was like I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to use the word sustainable I'm going to call everybody food citizens but then I just mm, got myself lovely. in a bit of a muddle and yeah. ended up using those things but I do like food citizens if I'm going to be a food made, citizen sound, I do want a uniform yeah and it did make me sound a bit of a plonker I think when I, I want I don't just want a uniform I want a woggle yeah I'm going to yeah. be a food citizen so I put people back as consumers and said yes. you make all the change but no it's, it's the food system it's definitely government at the top when you think about a big part of the book is you know the food system slash consumers can yeah. make a difference but it is about the whole food system and when you we were talking about food miles and and the lovely idea of us all eating more local. So then mm. we need more produce to be grown locally. And also I've talked about in some one chapter we might not get into it, chemical use and, mm-hmm. and how we can um, grow fruit and veg better in this country. Yeah. But we need to actually grow it in this country. And that's, that is about yeah. government helping and supporting farmers. And they've recently just scrapped a horticulture strategy. So there's definitely you could government... could that we overwhelmingly need a new government. government. Yeah. But, but there, so it is, about, it is about government at the top. But I guess most people listening to this podcast aren't going to be sitting down and writing to their MP, but they are going to the supermarket this week. So yeah. it just gives people a bit more well, power. Don't there underestimate them. Yeah, <laughs> they can do both. And, but yeah, so I do feel like we do have power, I think. Yeah. One of the few areas where we do. Food waste bins. I yes. am a do, big do you use, use yours obsessively. Yes. But my partner, it makes her want to puke. <gasps> and I have had to put one hell of a shift in. Please, mate. <laughs> it was too really passive-aggressive of me. I, t- I took photographs of the pages in the book <laughs> and was like, I just don't, I don't think I can do it to the relationship. But eventually, I, I will have a... And I've been trying to, like, just sort of drop but in the reasons. But this is so good. I'm so bite. glad this is coming Could up in the podcast. Could you please explain why it's so important that but we I'm use so our food? Because I don't think people realise how fucking important it it's is. so good because again when I worked for a newspaper and radio wrote some of the most evil more questionable articles of my career like I was writing about how you know there's a whole campaign read by someone led by someone called Doretta Cox yeah and Doretta she hates food waste bins oh! and she called them slop buckets oh and, my god Doretta and she's in the Daily Mail and Telegraph saying these awful slop buckets and they maybe they did in her council area because it was done badly sake it's a bit of mess oh. like also if it's that filthy clean it out more often yeah or tea tree oil on the, t- on oh, the lid well, just give all- it a scrub grow up you yeah. wipe your own arse every day <laughs> clean your food bin it. come on I haven't got time for it but, well, yes. but also I think sometimes See, people don't understand why it's so important so I'll leave that to so you so <laughs> I that's what I said initially in the chapter right. what you've just said right and then, really and then I thought mm, there's going to be people who are really worried about worms and flies and things and and there are ways around that but the reason it's so important is after less meat reducing food waste is the next most important thing you can do if you want to bring the food section of your carbon footprint yeah and some statistics is you know if food if emissions from food waste was a country it would be the world's biggest emitter after the u.s and china whoa and a third of the food we eat gets wasted 
So it's a huge amount of waste because it's not just... It's the fact that if we throw it in, in landfill, it turns it's methane. Yeah. And that's, that's a greenhouse gas. But it's also the problem, like, that was land where potentially... Uh, was deforested to grow that food yeah. or there was, and there was energy used and there were also there are still hungry people you know, yeah. it's a moral argument as well I think I hadn't realised the impact that when you think I think everybody knows that food waste is shit for the planet but I love those stats about quite how extraordinarily shit for the planet mm. it is and I hadn't understood the practical reasons why and it's twofold isn't it with um, using your food waste benefits an option for you on the one hand food waste that goes into general waste goes into your general bin then creates gases that are so shit for the planet and also if you're not washing out your recycling then that can't be recycled but what I hadn't realised as well is that food waste that you do put in your food waste bin they use it to to create like an enormous gross industrial stomach somewhere that makes energy yeah, I went to see so it, and the guy described it to me. He's just like, like the way he described it was like, it's like your stomach, and it's producing a massive fart. Yeah, but that then, then you can, can be burned like gas. It's a gas. So incredible. In Wales, everyone in Wales uses their food, yep. but it's ninety percent, and it's really great. So when I'm oh not being God, booed, even the Welsh water system is extraordinary as well. Yeah. They're not even shitting. They're not even got their seas full of shit <laughs> yeah. in Wales. Wales are nailing it. Yeah, they are. And it, like when I'm not being booed by farmers. Whenever the Welsh people in the audience, they get, yes, yes! we're using our food bins. What's your problem, people from England? And, well, but it is, right. and some of it is councils and some of it is like, you know, not corruption. Well, could be, but, okay. you know, councils get stuck in 10 or 20 year contracts and then it's hard for them to, to change things. But if you do have like, there are people on my street who don't use their food bin. Well, and I'm I just hope like, there's why we're in not? my garden, and I hope there's no one on my street that isn't using their food bin. <laughs> but again, like to put the positive spin on it, I'd been like trying to avoid food waste. I have some disgusting meals to eat things up. My dad says it's better to be better to be ill than waste it. And oh well, I'm, I don't know. No, that. it's so stupid. Yeah, because then you, you end up sense. a day. I, I mean, pretty much everyone in my family has at one point been ill. Really ill because they were following yeah. Duncan's. <laughs> advice and it's like but you're wasting time you're tasting energy you're making everybody well, sick also... and he never he never lets up on it oh, no. never Duncan Duncan let up on it Duncan let up on it but now that we now that I've learned from you what incredible things well not just from you because we are recording now in my home in Lewisham and Lewisham um, Council are currently having a massive drive to get more people to use their food oh, and they sent out an email that really succinctly explained why and I was like I've learnt this thing twice in like a month and that's amazing first from you then from then so the and, word's and getting out there presumably your partner's a nice normal person yeah and oh no. <laughs> I will get there I'm chip chip chipping away um, no she will every now and again like basically I get an eye roll but I am if I find also, a banana skin in the normal bin there's a conversation I don't let it go also it's like um, <laughs> you don't need to be a saint it goes in all no. the time and you know we all waste food every now and then mm. but I just feel like it's one of the easy things if it's in yeah. the corner of your kitchen well and you can feel smug about it. it that's yeah. a positive thing I was going to bring back to if that's going to create more energy I've been feeling guilty about even the food I put in there because I didn't eat it yeah and I think well no no there's no point yeah. eating beyond fullness no point eating something that has gone a bit off if it goes in there we're alright yeah. actually and it's so interesting about beyond fullness because you know mm-hmm. you probably brought up the same way as me like you have to finish the food on your plate and then but never get fat yes <laughs> but then but then you know oh by the way your icons growing up are going to be Pamela Anderson and <laughs> Kate, Kate Moss, Moss. <laughs> so so good luck with that yes um, yeah and so I feel like and I'm watching my friends you know not bother with that and I think that's becoming a healthier way to eat so it's a really good example how we're balancing to concern for the environment with self-love yeah like <laughs> but self-respect yeah. Yeah. and being able to trust our bodies a bit more on that yeah. front like I mean, go well that, i'm that, hungry and what for and if i'm hungry for actually i might be hungry for sugar and oh i'm actually, yeah. I'm actually i really need a carb or being able to learn to listen to yeah. your body and stop when you want to stop and I love, I'm going to really joyful. use that, like trying to combine love for the environment with self-love because mm. it sort of comes back to the end, of the, towards the end of the book where you talk yes. about avocado anxiety and that meme, you know, the mm. guy who criticised millennials for eating avocado and toast yeah. rather than buying a house. <laughs> <laughs> but what he really hated about them is the fact that they were sitting there with all their self-love and love of the yeah. environment. And I just always felt that was a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Let's take that part. Is, is that such a bad thing? No, exactly. <laughs> I think these, I yeah, think these things word. can actually can, 
can be combined for good. Quick fire questions. Tell me about anything um, food-wise that you've won as a prize or were given as a gift. I mean, I often, now I'm friends with everybody at the allotment. But if I go there, I come back with loads of random mm. vegetables and they're all yeah. really muddy and it's Lovely. great That's but fun. it's quite hard work because then you know through it all sometimes hard, yeah. It? yeah so i get given a lot of um random muddy vegetables that is lovely oh, last year not this year last year my friend caroline turned up at my birthday drinks in a pub with a big 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 marrow <laughs> brilliant <laughs> yeah just wanted to shift it um, have you ever tried eating upside down Almost certainly. I mean, why wouldn't you? Great, great. <laughs> if there was no other option, would you eat a person? Um, well, in my ethical carnival book... Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yes. You know, there, there was a woman I interviewed who talked much about, about placenta, about eating a placenta. Oh, fucking... I've on and I had, in my mouth. <laughs> sorry. And then I went on and I had a kid. And you know when you mm. do all the hypnobirthing yeah, yeah, yeah. nonsense, which is wonderful for some people, and yes. good luck... But, <laughs> but for most of us, it doesn't turn out like that. Yeah. And um, when you're planning your birth, and you're yeah. like, maybe I'll, I was like, I'm not sure about the placenta, but maybe I will. You know, because I had this image, I'd just be floating in a pool, feeling yeah. really happy. And 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 you just, it's, you have, you don't really have the energy or time to think about no. placentas Let and alone. eating them. And oh, because oh, I was like, I was like, when I get to the hospital, I'll say to them. Can I take it home and bury it under a tree? Those when were not you got my, those to ask not... the words you were saying were, <laughs> there might be some drugs actually in the end. Yeah, and then yeah. it was like, let me home. So, yeah. so I would have eaten my percentage. That wasn't the question, it was other no, people, it, wasn't though. it? No, we've learned more about you than we I have mean, about I would li- I would person. like to... I don't really want to... I don't want to eat horses, you see. So you'd be quicker to eat a friend than a horse? Oh, but just don't want to eat either, Jess. Oh, <laughs> I just think the horse question because lots of people like it would make I've eaten roadkill and lots of random yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. for my last yes, book. Yes, I remember. Yes, but I feel like I think it's really interesting yeah. cultural association. So I'm don't want to eat horse and I don't yeah. want to eat dogs because right. they're kind of my friends. But Too busy kissing them and loving them. Exactly, but they're not that different from pigs and cows. Yeah. Now it's time for the big then. A volcano and a tornado have a baby called a vornado. And even though it sounds really cool, it's a big, disgusting bastard which throws lava around at a million miles an hour. It's terrible, but luckily, it's all agreed to have never happened if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, Louise, agree to shuck 2,500 oysters, all whilst shuckling, a beautiful Jewish word that I've learnt recently in passing, which means to sway back and forth very vigorously during prayer. And the praying you're doing is out loud, so no one can give you any snacks, as you imagine. This is an epic task. In fact, it sounds impossible, but you do it. You're a hero. You've saved us all from the tornado. Your reward is a place in history for all time, as um, like a godlike figure. Yeah. Um, but your reward in the moment is the feast of your dreams. And you are peckish, because it's took many, 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 many hours, if not a day or two, to get through that many oysters whilst shuckling. You're the happiest and hungriest you could ever imagine being. This is like you're in a point of elation. all those oysters, I think I'd have to eat some. Yes. I do love oysters. I think they're really good oysters. Are they? I think I'd have some really cold champagne and eat a couple of oysters with Tabasco and lemon. Oh, my favourite, my favourite. To start. And then what would I do after that? See, after that, yeah, I think I'd probably want to settle down with something quite hot. Mm. A, some, a feast. Oh, I, I, I think I'd actually like something quite bready. Yeah, yeah. Or a pie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in my pie, I'd have steak and kidney because oh, I like a bit more full. yummy. <laughs> so I'd have steak Inky. and kidney pie, yeah. And I'd have with it new potatoes mm. and butter yeah. and a really and I'd have red wine yum, yum. and I'd have it chosen by someone continental right <laughs> you know when you go or not yeah. you know when you have like one of those outdoor feasts in France and you drink lots of wine it makes you feel good and yeah, you don't know yeah, how they've yeah. done it so I'd have a massive carafe of that yeah and then oh, I'd have Pavlova with fresh figs. Whoa, yummy! Which basically, an old lady told me about once. 
and I've been thinking about it ever since. I've never had it. On a French Riviera, and I met a very posh old lady, and I don't know why we got talking, but we talked about this pavlova she'd had once with fresh figs. And you've never had it? You've just and I've never had it. it, and I'd have a nice pudding wine with that, oh, a very cold nice. pudding wine. Oh, what great answers. I knew you'd have great answers Coffee, and then... Um, and then, you know, go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed. You can do what you like then. Yeah, yeah. You're a god. Hoovering Podcast. God, I loved that conversation. How full of amazing stuff was that? I wish we'd had longer. I implore you to grab a copy of her book. It's called Avocado Anxiety. I also found her earlier book, The Ethical Carnivore, massively educational. And both of them are just so well written, like really accessible and engaging. Um, And despite not sort of holding any punches, positive and empowering too. She's on Instagram as at Lou B. Gray. It's L-O-U-B-G-R-A-Y. Thanks for listening. Keep sending your funny and fascinating answers to our listener questions as well, won't you? I love them. Tickets to all my live stand-up as ever are on my website, jessicafostercute.com. Keep an eye on all the work in progresses I'm doing. And also soon now, I will be releasing tickets for a great big juicy brand new 2024 tour show. Eee! us on social media at the hoovering pod i'm on at jessica foster send us voice notes pictures whatsapps to 07462855271 email us the hoovering pod at gmail.com i'll be storing all your beautiful offerings up and discussing them in future episodes keep an eye on our social media for any specific questions and topics that we'll be asking you to contact us about Links to everything interesting mentioned today are, as ever, in the podcast notes. Hoovering is presented and created by me, Jessica Fosterkew. The music is by Jake Yap, and it was produced by Laura Grimshaw. Until in two weeks, happy hoovering. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.